You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 304. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 304. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. I hear it's love. Hello, hello, beautiful. You. I'm doing good. You ready to to shoot the shit with the audience? That's right. I'm ready to get woke. <laughs> uh oh, Mr. Smith learned a new buzzword. <laughs> woke is that how you say it? hashtag woke? Is that, is that the is that the thing? Hashtag lit, babe. Oh, hashtag lit. Yes, that's different. No, these are these are fairly old. I mean, woke is fairly old. Oh, Mr. No, Smith. it's not. Babe. No, it's not. It's no, totally. I'm saying, I'm saying it for me too. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't. I am 40 years of age now. I don't know what's going on. Over the hill. (laughs) Hey, guys. Welcome to our show. We are super pumped to bring you a brand new topic that we haven't really discussed in this manner before on the show. And this actually came from one of you all. And we'll talk a little bit about how you can have your topic addressed here on the show. But we're going to be talking about dealing with confrontation. We're going to be talking about it when you are unexpectedly confronted by somebody, as well as when you need to confront another human about something going on. Lots to discuss today, and I think this should be kind of a juicy one. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, it seems as though you're you're pretty woke over there, so why don't you... Why don't you uh, spit some mad game <laughs> on your segment? <laughs> wow, spit mad game—that's a—that's a relative term. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is going downhill. Fast. Oh, so man. yeah, Mr. Smith has a little segment uh, that we like to call. Would you rather? Oh, I like that you introed it. It's perfect. I was like, "You're lagging." Let me just. I am. <laughs> Let's let's get this party started. He's having some tech issues today. Okay. Would you rather dig ditches for 150k per year or oh. play sports for 50k a year? I would. And and it's it's the same amount of it's the same amount of time. Yeah. Like amount of hours because if you play sports a lot of times even like professionals they have to play on holidays mm-hmm. and on weekends and oh, shit yeah. like that. You have to dig ditches on holidays and weekends too. Oh, that's shitty. Yeah. I would, well, first of all, <laughs> I don't think anyone would even pay me $50,000 to play a sport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I think they'd be like, mm, we got a good $5 on that. Making Canadian yarn art, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> or underwater basket weaving. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah or uh, spelunking. I don't even know what spelunking actually is. Isn't that the is. one where you have to clean the ice really fast? That's a thing. Yeah. That's a sport. Cleaning ice fast. Cleaning ice really fast and making <laughs> this big globe float down the ice. I think you should probably. And then making it dirty so that it slows down. 
or chunking the are ice you ma- are you making shit I up? I am not making it up. Oh. I promise you. It's a real sport. I know it sounds... If someone came, like, was born today and was like, it had knowledge of sports and you told them that, they'd be like, that's not a thing. <laughs> but it is. It's totally a thing. Wow. Okay. Okay. Anyway. Because if, if, if you weren't in charge of fact-checking, I would make you go fact-check that. <laughs> I'm not so sure. But... Okay, so I think I would I would choose the the digging of the ditch. You would. For sure. For a couple of reasons. Oh, my back would hate me. Your back would hate you. But it probably would with sports too. Yeah, depending on the sport. I mean spelunking might be all right. Yeah. Cleaning <laughs> ice, I could do. Golf, I don't know. Or some badminton or something like that. <laughs> Or what's that one where you swivel around little men on a little <laughs> What's that called? <laughs> Oh my gosh! What, uh, t- 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 uh, oh my god! You know everybody out there is yelling it. They're what screaming is, it. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> foosball. <laughs> foosball. Foosball. Yes, that's right. Oh my gosh! Okay. Foosball. Foosball. You playing the foosball behind my back? Wow, we have yes. really gone down <laughs> the wrong path. Okay, so let me wow. tell you why I would choose the digging of the ditches. Okay. I would load up with lots of sunscreen, and then I would wear one of those gardener. <laughs> Stop laughing. This is really thought out. I would wear one of those gardener hats okay. that covers your back, so I don't become a literal redneck. Yeah, yeah. And then I will uh, switch sides so that I can make sure to to. So you're picking spelunking as your sport, so that I don't get just a really buff right arm uh-huh. or a really buff yeah. left arm. I'm yeah, going to yeah. switch it up. Gotcha. And then I'm going to do lunges as I go so that I can get a full body sport. So I'm going to be in great shape. You're in great shape. (laughs) Digging ditches will be in pretty good sport uh, uh, shape as well. Well, I'm going to make a lot of money. And you'll make more money. So, I mean, I make more money than sports. But but I I think I'll stay with the life coaching gig. But what would you pick? I'd do sports. You would? I would. If I could play sports again, like at a high level and only make 50K, I don't even care. Like I would play basketball all day. Plus, I mean, if I'm making 150, yeah, that's, that's a 200k dinner. household. <laughs> We're good to go. <laughs> oh I don't my, mind making less. Oh I don't mind gosh. at all. I think we got a better a better situation happening with our current career. I think we do. I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. How about you all? What would you rather do? Would you rather play sports for a low wage or dig ditches for a high wage? And what sport would you pick? That's another thing to put in there. Yeah, that's that's mm-hmm. really a good a good little point there. And if you're wondering where to let us know this, we have a amazing little corner of Facebook called the Joy Junkie After Hours Club. And we love to talk about the Would You Rathers every single Monday. And Mr. Smith kind of cracks the whip on any loopholes that people try to pull. <laughs> and <laughs> you're so great at that. And uh, it's just hilarious to watch people's reasoning of yeah. why they would choose these things over the other. And the easiest way to get there is to go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to our little corner of the Facebook groups. And it's such a beautiful community. Everyone is so supportive of each other. And there's a lot of additional training. So on Thursdays, I go live for 30 minutes to answer any questions that have come up from the community that week. And so you can get a lot more specifics on, well, Amy, okay, I loved the confrontation pod, but what if something like this happens for me? What would I do in that situation? So lots of support and warm, fuzzy Wednesdays, all sorts of cool stuff. Thejoyjunkie.com slash club. We'd love to have you. 
So shall we dig into this idea of confrontation, babe? Let's dig a ditch. <laughs> Let's dig a nice... A nice a, a ditch of... what? What's our topic again? Confrontation. A, a confrontation ditch. Stay, stay with me, Smith. Stay <laughs> with me. All right. So we've got two different types of confrontation that we're going to talk about. One is when you are unexpectedly confronted by another person. Oh, yeah. We didn't, we've never really talked about this. And... This came up from somebody who is in the After Hours community on Facebook, and she posed this question. She said, I don't know why, but any time I have to be even the slightest confrontational to people in my life, with the exception of my husband and really close family, I get super nervous and shaky and my voice cracks. It is so annoying, and I just want to say what I need to say with confidence and not be scared. Can you think of any podcast that, that you've done that would help with this? And I said, you know what? I haven't dealt specifically with challenges in communication that bring up a severe amount of anxiety where there's that shaking voice or your heart is, is beating really rapidly. And I thought this one was really curious because it was about her talking to somebody else, bringing something up with somebody else. But I also thought it can be extremely anxiety-inducing when somebody catches you off guard with something that you weren't anticipating digging into. Maybe it's somebody at work. Maybe it's a sibling or a family member, and they just kind of – they've got – their guts up and they're ready to just share with you. And so they're just kind of coming at you and you are not prepared at all. And that can be unbelievably uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about in the past, a lot of times what will happen is our fight flight response kicks in. It's part of the primitive area of the subconscious brain. And it immediately goes into this place of, oh my God, I feel wildly unsafe. Do I fight this person or do I flee this person or do I freeze? Freeze tends to be a little less common. Most people get defensive, which is a fight technique, right? They get a little bit more combative, a little more adversarial. They want to say like, what? Where is this coming from? And they want to retaliate instead of really sinking into what is actually happening. So I want to start with that one first. When you are unexpectedly confronted by somebody else. So the first key here is to acknowledge the surprise. You've got to acknowledge the surprise factor that you were not and seeing this coming, you weren't anticipating this in any way. And when you acknowledge this, do not take the bait. Do everything you can to not engage with the actual content. So what I mean by that is let's say somebody from your office comes to you and says something, it comes into your office and just lays into you about something. Now, your immediate response is likely going to be, no, I didn't do that. Or what are you talking about? Or I'd really appreciate it if you book a meeting first. Or, you know, you tend That's to That's natural, yeah. The, yeah, that would be your natural response. So instead of actually talking about what they are talking about, acknowledge the surprise. So don't do the response. Say something like, wow, I was really not expecting that. Or, mm-hmm. wow, that really caught me off guard. That was out of the blue. Sure. Something like right. that where you're stating that you've heard them, but that you are not prepared for that. And well, I'll talk to you a little bit more about what, what to come next. Even saying something like, 
I'm not sure what to say right now, (laughs) can be better than being retaliatory. And this part is all about awareness. You might want to heighten this around specific people in your life. So you might want to think, okay, the next time my overbearing mother-in-law says something to me, or the next time this particular coworker, Susan in accounting, says something to me, I'm going to say, wow, I really not wasn't prepared for that, or that really took me off guard, or I'm not really sure what to say. Grab a go-to phrase, something that you want to use. The minute you get baited in, the minute you start engaging is the minute you start communicating really poorly. And I'm operating under the assumption that the person who is confronting you is confronting you in a a sharper tone. It's it's so, as we've always talked about, like if you enter into a conversation with vulnerability, it's more likely you're going to elicit that from another person. So if somebody approaches you and says like, hey, listen, I would love to run some stuff by you about some stuff that happened earlier in the meeting. Chances are you're not really going to be caught that off guard if somebody is delivering it in a really kind way. As we know, however, most people don't have those skills and will just address things in the way that they address them. So I'm operating under the idea that you're being approached in a way that's a little bit more intense or or negative or sharp. I appreciate that. I was going to ask you to put some context around it. The other context that I'm curious about is what if it's completely untrue what they're saying? Yeah. It, and they can come with a nice tone, but if it's completely untrue. Right. And that great, great question, Mr. Smith. <laughs> and that will actually lead me into number two. Hey, hey, that's how I do. <laughs> this is what happens when you've been married for so fucking long. That's right. Okay. So number two, ask for what you need. So here's what I would say, regardless whether it was delivered nicely or curtly or however, I would say, you know what? I really don't want to say anything that I would regret. So I'd really love to give this conversation the attention that it deserves and then ask for, which is number three, a new time to talk so that you can gather your thoughts. Yeah. Because it's really not fair for one person to be loaded up with ammo and ready to fight this war, because that's really what it feels like sometimes, Mm -hmm, like we're mm -hmm. butting heads. You catch somebody not armored up, not ready to even converse, that's really, really unfair. So asking for just a little bit of time to wrap your head around what the other person just said, saying something like, I'd really love to give this the, the attention it deserves, so that We can each formulate what we need to say and be prepared to hear the other person out. Something like that, where you're addressing the context of the conversation, not the actual content. Yeah. So instead of saying, no, you're wrong, I didn't do that, or I did do that report, I don't know what you're talking about. Instead of saying that, saying something like, wow, this was really unexpected, I definitely want to have a conversation about this. I'd really like a few minutes just to get my head around this. Can I come talk to you in your office in like 30 minutes? Or, babe, can we talk about this a little bit after the kids have gone to bed? Or- I had that happen once. It was in a work situation, and the business owner was asking me about something. And he said, well, it was very confrontational in front of everybody that was around, including patients. Oh, wow. I, I said, you know, you've given me something to think about. Mm. Let me think about that, and I'll get back to you. Ooh, that's a great one, babe. And that was it. And I, I just walked away at that point because I'm like, I, I'm not going to do this in front of people. 
Good for you. So I just said, you know what? You give me something to think about. Let me th- think on it and I'll, I'll get back to you. And, and then I, you know, met up with him later and talked about it. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you. So think about all of these examples that we've used. We've given you a lot of actual phrases. It's up to you to write them down and decide what would sound normal in your voice. What tool could you call upon to use in those moments? And it's really helpful to think about who are those people in your life, like I mentioned earlier, and how would you want to approach that particular person? So if you know it's always Susan from accounting, how do you want to speak to her? If you (laughs) know it's always your mother-in-law, how would you want to phrase it with her? So the the order is acknowledging the surprise, like you said. Wow, that is uh, – you've given me something to think about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Some sort of phrase, go-to phrase. Then following it up with asking for what you need, which is usually time. I I would like to get back to you on that. I want to give this the, the thought that it deserves. I don't want to say anything that I would regret. Any one of those would be fine. Can we reconvene in a few hours? Or can I give you a call back? Or are you available later on? So that's sort of the chronology of what you would use if you got kind of caught off guard. What were you going to say? I was going to say, and in the context of the listener that submitted this, it would give her time to put some ideas around it so it wasn't so anxious ridden and causing her physical stress. Right. right? The shaking and jittering and that kind of thing. Yeah. You're absolutely right, which leads me to number four. Of course it does. <laughs> We're so in sync today. What's happening? Number, f- which by the way, you guys, he never sees any of my notes. No. I do, he, he's, we sit down and I go, he usually says, what are we, what are we talking about today? And I'm like, confrontation. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm like, are you ready with your would you rather? Yeah, let's go. Okay. Let's do it. Boom. Let's do our mic check. Okay. So number four is gear up. And this mm-hmm. is where you prepare yourself for the the circle back or the redo of the conversation. Now, I do have some great resources that I'm going to link to in the show notes, two podcasts in particular, one on tough conversations and one on establishing boundaries. If you want to know more about that gearing up process, how do I prepare myself to go into a challenging conversation? Those are two great supplemental pods to give you some more ideas. But that is is key because one of the things that we tend to do is we want to retaliate. We stir, we stew on it a little bit. We get upset about it a little bit. And then when we go back, we want to go back guns blazing instead of from a place of collaboration. Now, this totally depends on the relationship, depends if it's work-related or if it's interpersonal. You're going to have to figure that out based off of that. But keep in mind, this is number five, and is something that I talk about ad nauseum, and that is tone is everything. Tone is everything. It is. And I think that is the difference between a confrontation and a conversation. Mic drop. A confrontation is when you you meet face-to-face or even online or whatever, when you meet something with, with hostility or argumentativeness. Yeah. Right? That's a confrontation. But when you have time to back up, and then come back to it, that is a conversation. Then it becomes more... Civil. Has more results. Absolutely. Becomes something that has ha- has an ending. Yep. Right? Absolutely. And you don't say things you don't mean. This is one of those areas that I want to beat people over the head with. Because I will say to them, 
well, have you talked to your spouse about that? Have you talked to your boss about that, your <laughs> sister? And they go, oh, yes, Amy, I've told him. And I'm like, really? How? Well, I told him, like, I, I can't accept this, and I need to have that. And, I did, and I'm like, really, with that tone? Because that doesn't count. It doesn't count. You have to always think, if I was on the receiving end of myself right now, how receptive would I be? Right. Would I be wanting to listen to me the way I'm carrying on? Most of the time, not. And we disregard our tone as being acceptable if we feel as though we've been victimized. If we feel like our boss is is micromanaging us, if we feel like our spouse just isn't pulling their weight in the household, if we feel any of those things where we feel like we've been wronged, we feel justified in the angry tone. We feel justified in the diatribe because we think if you weren't such a shit face, I wouldn't have to raise my voice. And we discount that that is always our responsibility. It is Always, always, always your responsibility to handle yourself in a way in which you are proud, whatever that looks like for you. For me, it's usually sort of the pairing of one side I have grace and kindness, and then the other side I've got assertiveness. That's what I always want to bring to a conversation. I want to stand in that place of grace and kindness, but I always want to speak my truth. Yeah, you do. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So unexpectedly being confronted by somebody, number one, acknowledge the surprise, but do not take the bait. Number two, ask for what you need, which is usually time to think, time to process. Number three, decide on a new time to talk. Number four, gear up and prepare. And number five, tone is everything. And I will say, if this is you... And you tend to do this to other people. Knock it off. <laughs> Stop doing that. Stop it. Would you Would you want the same thing for yourself? Most of us do not want to be caught off guard. It is not fun. And it's also not where you get the other person's best self. You usually get the other person's defensive self. So let's switch gears and talk about if we are confronting other people. And you already had another great kind of segue when you were talking about conversation versus confrontation. And we're going to talk about that in a second. But number one, I need you all to get over this idea of, I just hate confrontation. I don't like confrontation. (laughs) We all hate it. Yeah, I have met zero humans who are like, "Ah, I love confrontation. I can't wait to talk about tough topics. I can't wait to discuss this with my husband. Nobody does that. Nobody likes it. So you using that as some sort of like personality thing that you uniquely don't like confrontation, you have to get fucking over it. It's like saying, oh, but I don't like dog poop. Oh, I don't, uh, but I don't like taxes. It's like, none of us like dog poop. (laughs) None of us like fucking taxes. None of us are going to enjoy confrontation. So I need everybody to wrap their head around the idea that it is necessary It's a necessary part of life. The same way picking up your dog shit, the same way doing your taxes are unpleasant, but there's something that we do need to do in our life, okay? So that's number one. Number two, this is kind of to your point earlier, reframe it as not confrontation, but connecting, collaborating, or communicating. Yeah. Or conversing. So it can, it's something in your head where you're not saying, I need to confront this person, 
but rather I need to communicate with this person or I need to be more authentic with them or I need to converse with them or I need to discuss an issue. Please watch your semantics because it makes a really, really big difference. If I say something like, I'm just not feeling my best today versus I am really feeling like shit today. There is one statement that carries a lot more potency, a lot more intensity. Words matter. Mm -hmm. Semantics matter. And certain semantics will matter in different ways to different people. So if confrontation has a negative connotation for you, let's reframe it. Because what are we doing? We're actually trying to bridge a gap. We're trying to connect with somebody. We're trying to communicate in a healthier way. If you're in an interpersonal relationship, we're usually trying to connect and have a deeper relationship. I know in with our marriage or in some of my business partnerships, I want collaboration to happen. That's what I'm looking for is how can we together talk through something in order to create a more powerful result? That's not confrontation. Right. So reframe this idea in your mind and start using a new word that feels more appropriate for you that doesn't instill sort of that that anxiety gut response of like oh my gosh because i'm guessing that this gal when she submitted this this question the idea of confrontation is already linked through like the neural pathways in the brain it's already linked to this idea of anxiousness of the sweaty palms of the voice cracking of the voice shaking mm-hmm. so we've got to start talking about this as something Altogether different. So instead of that, we're just communicating. We're just collaborating. We're just conversing. Because conversating is not a word, everybody. Just in case. (laughs) Just in case. You say conversate. It's not a word. Okay. So number one, get over the idea that you don't like confrontation because nobody does. Number two, reframe it as a different word. Connecting, collaborating, communicating, conversing. Number three, Gear up and prepare for the conversation. Now, this is where I would, again, advocate listening to either the Tough Conversations or the Boundary Podcast that I'm going to link to in the show notes. But one of the other things that can be wildly helpful is to either visualize or imagine how you want the conversation to go. So right now, this person who submitted this question In her head, if she thinks about these conversations that she's going to have with people, she sees herself or imagines herself actually having that cracked voice. She's not imagining herself with confidence or courage. She's not imagining it going well, as none of us would. If it hasn't in the past, we usually pull from our evidence. We pull from our experience. My experience in the past has been my voice cracks. So what we need to do is... First of all, create new associations by using new words, right? So we're going to call this something different. And we need to do that by creating a visual in our mind of what we want it to actually look like. Now, one of the things that I've learned recently in my hypnotherapy training is that not everybody visualizes. Not everybody sees crystal clear pictures. Yeah. For me, if I visualize, it's somewhat like a movie. Like I can really see everything in my head. Some people can imagine and they're more in tune with how things feel 
emotionally, they're more in tune with their senses. So depending on who you are, which category you fall into, you can use that to your benefit. So if you are somebody who is more visual, picture yourself and what you would be doing. Would you be smiling? Would you be with your body language showing that you're really open and kind and sharing and collaborative? Or would you be your arms folded and starting to have your voice crack? And no, picture what it would look like if you're more of an emotional person or you tap into maybe more nostalgic type things where you can remember how things smelled. You can remember how things felt. You can remember how things sounded. That might be more of the imagination that you need to call on and go, okay, I want to imagine how I might feel. I want to imagine what the sounds might be like in the room or how how comfortable I'm going to be in that moment. That's interesting. Isn't that fascinating? That's fascinating. Uh, one thing to add to that just in my profession is something that I noticed, like the first thing that I thought of when this listener submission, when she submitted, when she said that she sh- she was shaky, mm-hmm. that makes me think that the nervous system was already at full. Yeah. Yes. There's already too much on the nervous system's plate. And that one thing will push it over the edge and cause it to shake and tremor. Yeah. Right. So there might be some deeper, more extensive things to look at for this person or anyone who has, you know, gets sweaty palms or, you know, gets dark vision or whatever it might be that you go through, whatever you experience when you feel those confrontational moments or any overload. Yeah. Is what else is overloading my nervous system? Yeah. My electrical system is at full and this pushed me over. Why is that? What else is happening in my life that I can pull back on or that I can start tampering so that when issues like this come up, my nervous system can handle it better. So, yeah. So you don't fry your circuit board. (laughs) You don't fry your circuit board. And the other thing to mention is when people are in that moment, it's easy to get lost in the confrontation itself. We get out of body. Yes. Right. We're not thinking about where we are physically other than we're shaking. Right. Right. So going into yourself and going, oh, I can just let that go. Right. I don't need that. That resets your mental place too. Yeah. Right. When you get your physical self into a place out of that sympathetic response, you start tapping into the parasympathetic more. That's right. So that's just my little addition. Well, and I think that's a really great point because I do think that there's, there are some times when our nervous system is fried. And when I say nervous system is fried, that's usually what is leading to that anxiety. And then the sympathetic response that you're talking about, that's when we start to feel your sympathetic nervous system is basically the fight or flight. So that's where you start to feel things like, you know, the rapid heartbeat, your body is saying you're in fucking danger, Mm -hmm. right? So if you're in that situation where you have a heightened level of anxiety, sometimes it's absolutely situational. It's that you have had way too much on your plate that day. Too much coffee. Or you, too much coffee, <laughs> right. Or just maybe you're dealing with a lot of stuff at work and this was one last thing you had to deal with. Mm-hmm. And then there's others, myself very much included, that are chemically wired differently. And so the anxiety, and we've talked about this a lot, that it's very different if you if you almost feel like that's a physical incapability of, of ta- taking a breath. And actually, that's a great segue for me to say, check out, I'll put in the show notes, the two anxiety podcasts that I've done in the past, because that might be 
kind of enlightening if you are if you're really struggling with debilitating anxiety. Now, this could be a very simple association where which can be treated with hypnosis or a lot of different things where you the law of association will say okay dealing with this type of a conversation equals this sort of physical response yeah 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 so it could be something that you have to untether in mm. your brain but i love what you're talking about here i just don't want anybody to think oh my anxiety is all just something I need to just breathe through. No, no. You know just something mean? else to think about. Right. Yeah, yeah. So if it's a but this is also really important when it comes to gearing up. Because when you gear up, a lot of it is the timing. A lot of it is knowing, okay, I can go into this conversation as calm as possible instead of well, I, I don't have much time. I got to get this handled today. Part of the gearing up is being cognizant of how overloaded you are. Mm -hmm. Are you capable of going into this conversation with a calm spirit, with a, a, a an air of collaboration? Are you willing to and ready to hear the other person out, especially if it's somebody who you highly regard? So really, really great. So in that gearing up process, prepare and have a listen to those other pods to learn specifically about what you want to say, how you want to say it, what you're specifically asking for, and then play around with visualization or imagination. One of the things that I love to do is to say, let's, for example, think that I have a conversation that's going to happen tonight. Let's say it's a Monday night. I'm going to have a conversation and I'm trying to prepare for it. One of the things that I'll ask myself is tomorrow on Tuesday morning when I wake up, how do I want to feel about the woman that I was? How do I need to behave in order to be proud of myself? And that helps me prepare a little bit mentally. All right. So we've got number one, get over the idea that you don't like confrontation. Welcome to the club. Number two, reframe. Use a different word, something like connecting, collaborating, communicating. Number three, gear up and prepare. Decide what you, how you want to approach this conversation. Number four, this is key. Allow and acknowledge your emotions. Do not apologize for being emotional. I will give you a couple of ways that you can do this. If your voice is cracking, if you are extremely nervous, just say that. Just say that. I'm, I'm a bit nervous right now. I'll be honest. This, this conversation is really important to me. Done. Yeah. If you're crying, I'm feeling, I'm feeling a bit fragile right now, or I'm feeling a bit vulnerable right now. This conversation is really important to me. You can acknowledge what you are feeling. Okay. It is not some sort of fierce, courageous act of bravery to not cry or to not have your voice shake. We can work towards that. We can certainly work towards that, but you're not going to get there until you practice having tough conversations. It's not going to magically happen where you have all <laughs> this confidence and you're just able to go into these conversations. You have to practice and you have to call out your own humanity. It's one of the things I tell people all the time when they go into conversations because they say, oh my gosh, I just don't want to come across this way. And I'm like, then say that. Say to somebody, hey, the last thing I want to want to do is give you the impression that I'm flippant about this. As you can see, I'm a bit nervous. I care about you and I care about rectifying this issue. And you have a program that'll help get a lot more comprehensive in how to handle these types of situations too, right? It's true. You know, that that's one of the things that we talk about constantly in Deep Down and Dirty, which is 
very much my my signature program. It spans almost four months. It's radically transformative. And we talk about a lot of these things where we tell ourselves, I can't speak up uh, because my voice shakes, or I can't tell my boss that because what will they think of me? All this headspace being wrapped up in the approval of others, and what that all comes down to is how we want to feel. When people say, I want I want a happier relationship, or I really want my partner to get their shit together, or I really want this new career, I want to get my business off the ground, it's because of how we think it's going to make us feel. We want to feel happy, joyful, ecstatic, connected, euphoric. We want freedom. We want to feel something different than what we feel. But our society tells us, no, 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 let's not, no, 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 no time for emotions. That's weak. (laughs) That's pussy. That's all this shit that is unbelievably the antithesis to our humanity. Emotions are given to us in order to give us guidance. So when something is happening there for you in your body, it's telling you like, hey, there's something going on here. I'm upset with this person. I'm, I'm not okay with how this thing went down. It is okay to feel your humanity. So in Deep Down and Dirty, we talk about that a lot. And the real kind of nucleus of what this whole program is about is to get you to a place where you genuinely believe, you genuinely truly believe that you are enough, that you are worthy of the things and the life that you desire, which equals happiness. Nobody comes to me and says, Amy, I really want to work on my core values, or I really need to shift my beliefs, or I really (laughs) need... Nobody does that. They say, I just want to be happy. Yeah. I just want to believe in myself. I just want to feel enough. Even the submission, she wrote, I just want to be confident. Yeah. It's what we want to feel. We need to learn that emotional intelligence. So I do have a completely free workshop. If you have not checked it out, it really talks about my methodology, my approach. And it will be very enlightening to you of, wow, okay, I see why I haven't gotten to that enoughness. I see why I'm not totally happy right now. Or you go, okay, maybe that's not for me. But if you're interested and you you cannot go on another week, another month, another year – where you're where you're residing in this place of lack and scarcity and I'm not enough and what does everybody else think and I can't speak up for myself and I have no confidence. If you cannot bear for that to be the trajectory of your life, get your ass to this workshop. It's fucking free. The worst case scenario is you learn something. So which also <laughs> coincidentally is the best thing. So go to the joyjunkie.com slash workshop. It'll take you right over there. There's tons of different dates and times. Go have a have a watch through it. It's about 45 minutes. And then you'll see an option to talk to one of my strategy coaches if, if it's something that you want to dig deeper into. And you can get, you know, a session all about what you are particularly up against. So again, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Thank you for You're pointing welcome. that out. So number four, allow and acknowledge your emotions. So the simplest, simplest tactic here, as I just mentioned, is just to say what you're feeling. I'm a bit nervous here. Please don't apologize for crying. Please don't say, excuse me, you know, or I'm, you know, I'm sorry. None of that. Just say, I am a little bit nervous. I'm feeling a bit vulnerable. I'm feeling a little sensitive. I'm feeling a little emotional, even if you want to say a blanket term like that. And then follow it up with, but this is really important to me. Right? Yeah. Super simple. Yep. And number five, 
If this is a new step for you, something that you're not as used to doing, set up self-care for afterward. Make sure that you're not going directly into a business meeting, that you're going to feel really judged and freaked out about and wavering if you've had a rough conversation. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Don't go into a situation where you feel like you have to be fake with people or anything like that. And I don't necessarily mean set up self-care, like have a bathtub available for a bath after. I don't mean that. I mean, (laughs) you might even need a friend on deck that you can call and just say, I need to, I know I'm going to need to debrief this. Are you going to be available at six o'clock Eastern on Thursday? I would really love to have somebody I can call after I talk, after I do this conversation. It could be a coach. It could be a therapist. It could be somebody at your church or spiritual center. It could be your spouse. That's a form of self-care. It could be scheduling a workout right afterwards so that you know you're going to physically expel the energy from your body. Yeah. It could be a date night with somebody you know you always feel amazing around your partner, you know, and that always is helpful for you. Whatever that self-care looks like in acknowledging what you just went through, some sort of debrief. For many of us, it comes in the form of either talking it out, writing it out, physically working it out, or for some people, music, Mm. singing, or expressing themselves through an instrument. So look at what could be my self-care method to come down after this, especially if I've got a lot of that intensity of emotion. All right? That's good. So a quick little recap specifically on the confrontation slash communicating with other people. Number one, get over the idea that I don't like confrontation, right? (laughs) Number two, reframe it as a new word. I'm connecting, I'm collaborating, I'm communicating, I'm sharing, something like that. Number three, gear up and prepare, whether that is deciding exactly what you want to say, what you want them to hear, visualizing the the conversation, how it's going to go, picture yourself, think about how you want to feel after the conversation has, has ended, Imagine all of your senses if you're more of somebody who can imagine something happening versus actually seeing the pictures. Number four, allow room for your emotions. Say what you're feeling. I'm a little nervous right now. This, This is really important to me. I'm a little sensitive right now. Something like that. And number five, set up some self care for afterward. So there you have it dealing with confrontation. I'm hoping that that has been really helpful. And again, there will be lots of links in the show notes for you to check out. That way you can dig deeper if you know that you have a boundary to establish or a conversation coming up. And check out the anxiety pods if that's something that that you struggle with. I've shared quite a bit about my journey with that. And you've been amazing about sharing what that's looked like for you as a spouse supporting somebody with anxiety. And if you want to go deeper, like I mentioned, if you know you can't just keep playing a podcast, turning it off, and then go right back to your fucking life doing the same goddamn thing over and over and over again and wondering why you're not getting results, get your ass to this workshop. It's the five major shifts that you absolutely have to employ in order to get you to that place of radical enoughness and self-love. And that is over at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Workshop. And I think that's everything for today. Anything else you wanted to throw in the mix? Mm, I don't think so. You offered some so. really good stuff today, babes. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So did you. 
It was some good collaboration. <laughs> well, thank yeah, you. It was non-confrontational. It was non-confrontational. All right, loves, we will see you around these parts next week. So here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. Oh.